Hello. Well, 20 of you eager beaver learners. I am <clears throat> excited to start today. Um, I want to make a couple of notes before we get started. One, thank you to all of you who are submitting and turning in your homework. I see it. Um, we've hit the point of saturation where I, you guys are all being so good at doing your homework that it's a little hard for me to manage. So we're gonna pivot with how we submit the homework and track it so that you guys aren't sitting here wondering and going, did you get my stuff, did you get my stuff? So um, thank you to all of you that have gotten it, um, that have sent over your homework. We, are, we have a new Google form that we're gonna be using and I'll talk about it again at the end to submit your homework. Um, it, so I'm like backlogged on, on even like the homework that you submitted. I saw it all and I'm making note of it, but it's just a, a lot of um, transfer over and trying to streamline that process a little bit. Second, um, you're, those of you who have your stamps, they are in your offices, the um, address stamps. Um, yeah, send, send me more. Do Just double up on it, you know, both avenues. Um, your stamps are in the office. Way to go, thank you for turning those in. And I hope that you guys all had a good um, good luck and good times getting your testimonials last week. And I'm curious, I'd love to hear if anybody with a referral request was able to even just start a conversation or if you were able to incorporate asking for referrals or reminding people that you like to base your business off of referrals. Here's one of my favorite tips is that I like to say, how to get a referral. Cause sometimes you feel a little cheesy saying, well, you know, just let me work with anybody that um, you know that has any real estate needs. Like sure, if you've provided enough value and trust factor, it's not gonna be a hard um, like relay to provide those referrals. But a lot of times what I like to say to people is, um, I really like to base my business on referrals so that I can spend more of my time focused on your needs rather than trying to build my business on the weekends via open houses or other events. So it kind of allows them to feel like they're more special and important. If you position it in a way that if there's other people that are like them who you enjoy working with, you'd love to work with them too so that all of your time is spent focused on helping them. So maybe that will be a fun little way, especially in conversation. Sometimes it feels awkward, but I think that that's a really, um, genuine way to bring that up. So last week we talked all about being customer centric and remembering that, you know, the golden rule is treat others how you want to be treated, but the platinum rule is treat others how they want to be treated and really start narrowing in on the type of person you're dealing with and recognizing how that plays a role into your success in conversations or interactions or plans in general, whether it's buying, selling, or just being in your sphere or in that referral network. I actually just had a conversation with an agent a few days ago and she was saying, hey, that was a really interesting thing that I hadn't thought about. And I all of a sudden have been having some friction with a buyer that I've been working, not friction, but like we're a little bit of a stuck plateau place with a buyer that I'm working with. And I realized that I was maybe treating him like he was more of a peace person, but he was a little bit more on like the party power side and needed to be a little bit more straightforward. And they were able to trudge forward based on 
taking into consideration some of those things. So it is a really valuable tool that can't, um, it's not wasted. It's always something in the back of your mind, especially when working with sellers, buyers, or just anybody. I mean, I deal with my husband in a different way because I recognize what kind of person he is and he doesn't like to be treated the way I do. And I'm sure you'll find those kind of things in your relationships is a good way to practice and then apply that to the people that you work with um, with helping to buy and sell real estate. So today is all about the seller process. We have worked so hard on building our mindset and how we think about ourselves in this business, what our goals are, how we perceive ourselves, what kind of things we're activating and ingraining into our, into our minds. We're at about, so it's week five, so we're beyond that 30-day mark. So if you've been writing your affirmations every single day, this is a weird thing to say, but like the magic is about to start happening. Like what you, you're, you start seeing results 30, 60, 90 days after you put some energy in motion and we're at that point. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of you are having some random conversations and try to see if there's any of those connections coming out. Like things sometimes happen, you know, beautifully out of the blue, but sometimes things just happen, um, you know, because of all this energy you're putting out there. So keep your eyes peeled and start making some of those connections. Last week we talked about customer centric and now it's time to apply that to what we do primarily as realtors and that is help people sell their homes and help people buy their homes. Today we're going to go through the general seller process. Now some of you might have sold a home before, some of you might have never done it or even looked at what a listing consultation or a seller process looks like. This is a um, wonderful framework to start practicing to put into your um, business plan and how you operate. And it's something that can be definitely modified to you to make it fit with you. You know, you're a certain type of person. And also, um, I know I've done that with the Ninja process. Um, I have, I use it pretty much to a T. There's a couple of things that I adjust just because after some practice and really trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, it just didn't resonate with me. And so I was able to recognize that okay, make a little pivot and move forward and allow um, the adjustments to work in my favor rather than trying to continuously swim uphill with something that wasn't quite making a connection. So <clears throat> what you have today in your handout is a framework of what the seller process is. And then what we're going to have is some collateral to use in order to help facilitate the whole seller and listing process, right? So we start from having this conversation with somebody saying, hey, I think it might be time to consider what it looks like to sell my house to sitting at the closing table and selling their house. So there's the seller process and there's actually listing the home process. And we're gonna kind of talk about both of those things today. <clears throat> What's really, um, I think, eye-opening, at least it was for me, and something that I find really helpful is to think about sellers is that when the most important factor when getting a home sold is the seller decisions. And those of you that have maybe um, worked with a seller before and selling their house, if you look back on those interactions, you'll probably see all of these little landmines along the way where a seller had to make a decision, okay? They're making a decision on the price of their home, the condition of the home that they want it to be in when it hits the market and when it sells, 
they want to know, they have to make a decision on what the availability is going to be. Are they going to leave town? Are they going to only allow appointments between times when they're working? Sometimes they have families. Availability is a big thing that you have to make a decision on. Um, is the home going to be um, ready if a cash buyer comes in? Is it going to be available in two weeks to sell or do they need that 30 days? Do they need an extra 30 to 60 days to rent it back? So these are decisions that they're making. They have to decide which contract to pick. You know, they, the goal is to only, you know, you only need one contract to sell a house, but sometimes you get two, sometimes you get three, sometimes you get 15. They have to make a decision on which contract to accept and which one's going to give them the least amount of stress and give them the most amount meeting their goals. Um, and they also have to decide which realtor they're going to use in order to facilitate this process. So I don't know about you, but by around 8.30 in the morning, I already have decision fatigue. I mean... I have to decide what my kid's wearing and what to make them for breakfast. And for some reason that somehow exhausts me after an hour of being awake. So imagine then trying to sell the biggest commodity that you have, which is also a very emotional process for many. Um, and so one of the biggest things is that your job is as a realtor is to help guide them and make those decisions, make that decision-making process easier and more clear. Um, and I also really want to emphasize that this is um, a lot of people talk about like, oh, I'm going to go bring a listing presentation. I'm going to go make my listing presentation. Sure, you're presenting some options and ideas, pathways and information. But really what you're doing is you're making a listing consultation. People don't want to be presented to all the time. People would like to be consulted. It is ultimately their decision. It is their options. It's their um the routes that they're choosing to take. So you want to, they need to consult with you. You have the information, they have the decisions. Um, presenting is a little bit like that show up and throw up. It's you centric, not them centric. Um, <clears throat> I agree with you, Kendra. Making the decision for an apple versus a um, donuts, very challenging day to day. Um, so when working with a seller, you're gonna have many crucial conversations with them. Sometimes, you go into this conversation, you have ideas of what this is going to look like because you practice, you have an outline ready. A seller is going to come in and they are might immediately have a difference of opinion from you. Their emotions might be high, their um, energy might be high, right? So what you, your job as the seller is, what your job as the seller is to do is to make these conversations be very clear and to feel very safe because they need to feel that they, again, like they, they can trust you, know, like, and trust you factor. So <clears throat> a lot of times people have a difference of opinion, have emotion, high emotional because they have sources of confusion. So some of these sources of confusion come from, and this is good to keep in the back of your mind when you receive an emotional reaction or any sort of reaction from a seller. <clears throat> Everybody's personal situation is different. Maybe they're selling this house because They've had a different life change where they might be getting a divorce or they might have had a death in their family. That's going to be a really sensitive situation and provide confusion for what the next steps look like. Again, talking about that decision fatigue, like that's a big weight on somebody's shoulders. So that can feel confusing. It can feel overwhelming. A piece of confusion could be, uh, and I think some of you might have run, you could probably run into this a lot. If you live, if you talk to a seller in a neighborhood, they're probably close to their neighbors. And 
you know, Joe Schmo up the street sold his house for this much money and it was only on the house for this many days on market. And my realtor told me that this is going to happen and this is going to happen. So neighbors cause a lot of confusion inadvertently. And so does Zillow and other online pricing tools that aren't necessarily provided by you and aren't compiling a complete snapshot of what it is that you're working towards. So those are confusing to people, especially when your information comes like this, their background knowledge comes like this, tsunami wave. Another source of confusion can be generally appraisals. I would say some people, especially right now, they're all refinancing because we have such incredible rates. So <clears throat> appraisals are going to provide a market value that the bank is gonna provide a loan for and give a valuation on the home. Not a lot of people understand an appraisal or what comps are used to pull from them and how that applies to the home, the sale of their home. And when it comes time to listing their home, they say, well, the appraisal was here. Should I list it here? So it's a really big source of confusion because I don't know about you, but until I got into real estate, reading an appraisal in general was not something that was high on my list of things to do or in my like toolbox of intelligence, any way, shape or form. So your job is to help make things clear in those moments of confusion. How do you provide clarity? A time schedule. A lot of the things I'm gonna talk about today, Weston Maine, because it's a very ninja process-centered business and how we um, encourage our agents to work with their clients, we have a lot of this collateral that already kind of centers around the ninja selling process. One of those things being the listing timetable. And we're gonna talk about it later. But when we talk about a time schedule, providing clarity. Some people think, well, if I'm gonna sell my house, do I just have to like put it on the market in a week and I just tell you and I sign some paperwork? No, provide some clarity to them. Give them an outline of what this process looks like. Work backwards, work forwards, whatever works for them, but provide clarity based around a time schedule. Typically, if people think like, oh, okay, I have three weeks. I can do that. That's a lot better. Because in my mind, I assumed it was like this. Provide information for a lot of assumptions that are already going on. They don't understand what their odds of selling a home are. They don't understand if... Um, I actually just talked to a buyer the other day. They're moving from out of state. They're coming to Colorado and they were unsure. And I was telling them about a typical Denver real estate cycle. I'm sorry, Oklahoma. I don't know what your cycles look like as much as well um, if they're as in sync with Colorado. But I was talking to them about what our year over year real estate cycles look like. Also with taking into consideration pandemic cycles because it's a whole other curveball that we're dealing with. Anyways, and, they, and I said, you know, the compression phase happens in the spring and typically comes come summer is when buyers peter out, sellers are still providing inventory. So there's a little bit more breathing room. Anyways, we were going on and they said, oh, I just figured we'd buy in the spring. And then in the summertime is when most people would be out. So providing sources of clarity based on their odds of selling. Now that's from a buyer's eyes, but imagine having that conversation with a seller and them saying, well, I'm going to list my house in the summertime. Well, if you provide them with enough data and give them their odds of selling in the summer versus selling in March, that's going to be a big source of clarity for them in making a decision on when it feels right to list their home. Um, a lot of people think that their house is somewhat in the ballpark of a price range of where the Taj Mahal might be. Understandably so. You redid your ranch. You installed a new faucet and you might have put down a couple of cute throw rugs and therefore you've increased your price by roughly $100,000. 
I wish so much for everybody that that could be true. But if you were a buyer walking into a house, your um, you you provide them a different sense of a lens in order to look at their home and give them a little bit more realistic version of what pricing could look like. So a source of clarity could say, I understand you want to price your house here, but if you are a buyer walking into this house, would you put a lot of value on um, this new faucet or this throw rug that's not even going to stay with the home? So providing some clarity on how people decide what price they would like to pay for this home. Ooh, sources of clarity. This is one of my favorite ones, is your choices and their consequences. So <clears throat> there's a lot of times where, again, your job is to provide them with the options. Their job is to make the decisions. So they have to make choices. A lot of times what this is going to come to is, when is it I'm going to list my house? Well, I'm going to list my house in the middle of July. That sounds great. If that's a decision you would like to make, here's the potential consequences from there. Your house might sit on the market longer than seven days. We might have to be doing a price adjustment after 14 days. We might only have one showing in the weekend because typically what the market's telling us is that buyers are much more active between February and May. So they made a choice and then here's the potential consequences. And sometimes those consequences come true. A lot of, and sometimes consequences are good. Here's your choice. Here's four different offers. Here's one offer, this offer's higher, this offer's higher, this offer's higher, all cash, two-week close, no contingencies. So the consequence of making that choice is, wow, this became really easy, I got more money than I wanted, and I don't even have to lift a finger in order to get to where I want to be. So <clears throat> providing clarity on um, what their choices are and then what those potential consequences are. And also visual pricing. So <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I, make a lot of my decision. I mean, Instagram is one of my biggest pieces of inspiration because it's like we talked about before, people are 60% visual. So a lot of times people are going to decide whether or not they are interested in buying this house just based on the um, listing photos themselves. So we just had somebody put in Slack, I think it was Bobby, put a picture of a yard and it was like a picture that was like all mangled and half cut off. Now, if that house was priced the same way as a house down the street that had the exact same layout, square footage, finish levels, everything, but that picture on the MLS looked one way, there's not a chance anywhere that that house is getting showings over this other house pricing exact, it could be the exact same house, but because of the way that it looked and it presented itself, the pricing definitely, um, got take got um, mangled a little bit because that house isn't going to get offers. And in 14 days, you're likely going to have to make a price adjustment downwards, which if it would have been photographed beautifully and it would have been apples to apples with that other listing, it probably wouldn't have been the situation, therefore leaving a little bit of money on the table. So <clears throat> um, those are just some points of clarity. I'm sure many of you have found other things um, in order to provide clarity for your sellers. I think a lot of the times if you put yourself into their shoes and if you think, well, I have all this going on and you have to make all of these decisions and what you can do in order to take some of those decision-making processes out of them rather than giving them a laundry list of decisions, but a this or that, this or that, this or that, things just become a little bit easier and much more clear. Three biggest fears all sellers have. Selling their house too cheap. 
Nobody wants to leave money on the table. I don't want to leave money on the table. You don't want to leave money on the table. Um, paying their realtor. You get paid a lot of money to help people sell their house. And it's a money that they've worked really hard at building in equity of their home. And so they want to feel like they're getting what they paid for and that it's worth the value that they're not receiving in entirety in their proceeds. So it's a big fear that many sellers have. And the ultimate fear is their house not selling. If they can't sell their home, then they've done all of this stress and gone through all of this overwhelm and potentially not meeting a goal of maybe they need to move somewhere else. Maybe they have a baby coming and they need another room. So all of these fears um, are your job to mitigate, make clear, help them overcome and prove your value as their genuine caretaker. <clears throat> so the major process that we talk about, that Ninja talks about for selling a house is four steps before um, listing the home. So you're first going to have a pre-listing interview, which happens over the phone. The first time, and I'll give you an example. I got an email um, in May, April, May. And it was somebody from, I have a neighborhood Facebook group and she messaged me. She had found my name on there and she had said, Hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about selling my house. I'd love to chat with you to see if maybe you could help us out. So, um, we had a pre-listing interview <clears throat> and we're going to go and I'm going to provide you with all these materials too, and go over that, that interview in just a second. After we had that interview, I sent over a pre-listing packet. And what that had was a plethora of information and material for her and her husband to start marinating on and thinking about before we had the property walkthrough. Um, and then at the property walkthrough, we had another consultation after the fact talking about some further details in comparison to some of the things that we talked about in the pre-listing interview. <clears throat> so let me just make sure I'm on my chat here. Um, and again, please infuse any questions, ideas, um, experiences that you had before. I love to see you guys chat on here because sometimes, like I said, talking at a door is, or at a screen, a little lonely. Okay, so <clears throat> the first thing that you're going to do when you have a potential listing coming onto the market is perform a pre-listing interview. So what this is, is your first opportunity to gather information Maybe you don't know this person. Maybe it's a referral. Maybe it's a cold lead from a floor lead or something like that. Okay, so you want to build rapport with them. No like and trust factor. And then you want to start beginning kind of like that present presentation process. Remember, your next deal lies in the quality of the current deal that you're working right now. So you, even if it is your best friend on the street, they trust you indefinitely, there's no reason why they don't get the same level of service as Joe Schmo that reached out to you randomly. So you are providing your entire presentation and showing up like a true professional. Let's see what that pre-listing, and these should have all sent to you as well. <clears throat> so when we do the pre-listing interview, it'd be helpful if I had a big version of these. Um, and, I, and I literally say these things to these people when I call them. Um, and I say, well, if it's all right with you, I'm just going to ask you a few questions and then hopefully we can set up a time for us to get together. It's going to, these questions are going to help me to prepare for our meeting and it should maybe take 10, so I'm going to say 10, 15 minutes. Is that okay with you? <clears throat> and a lot of times people are going to say, yeah, no problem. I mean, 
in general, people love talking about themselves. And then secondly, they love talking about their biggest asset that they have, which is their home. So we have another form in the brokerment file um, that also has some of these questions on it, some of the um, like basics of having your house. But this is, so you've all, the reason we do this is <clears throat> you've gone in the MLS, you've pulled up their home, you know the specs of their house. And if they've listed in the last two or three years, you might even have inside photos. But all you have is the realist report of what the actual, like the square footage, room totals, bedroom, bathrooms, everything like that. <clears throat> but what you don't know is the story of the home. This is going to allow you to put together the story of the home along with those pieces of data in order to take with you to your actual listing consultation in person. So you want to know who the um, names of the, of the owners are. Uh, sometimes you have people that are, they're both sellers, but the, the um, home's only in one person's name. <clears throat> this could be an investment property. So you always want to write down the property address that you're, man, that you're dealing with. And then also make time to um, gather information from a mailing address, just in case that's something different, especially when coming time to send your pre-listing packet. You want to know where to send it to in case it's not that primary property. Um, <clears throat> we have the owners or the decision makers, as we like to call them. If you, the people that are going to be signing the contracts and filling out the forms at the end of the day. Great forms of contact, um, emails and phone numbers. Uh, you might even put a little note on the side there saying uh, best form of contact, you know, do it, which, you know, put a little star on which one they prefer. I think that that's always helpful. So <clears throat> I'm on the phone with them and saying, so let me know why are you selling? I mean, that's a huge piece of motivation there. It's going to give you background information on the urgency, the timing of things. You need to start gathering that information. Rather than just diving right into bedrooms, bathrooms, everything about the house, you're building rapport. They need to trust you. They need to know things about you. They don't just want, you don't want to just be a spec person. So you want to know why they're selling. That's emotional, right? Um, <clears throat> and when do you need to move? Maybe they have a new job and they need to move in the next 90 days. That's going to affect your game plan. Maybe they need to move in the next 30 days. That's going to affect your game plan. So maybe their timeline is flexible and they're just starting this process super early so that they don't feel rushed. Very important piece of information to know. And remember, you're on the phone, so you're writing all this stuff down. Um, and then, again, we haven't even talked about beds and baths yet, but could you describe your house for me? So a lot of times people describe their house in the best ways that you should describe the house to future buyers. So if they're going to say, oh, it is just the most charming tutor. It's not super huge, but we've always found it to be very quaint and comfortable because we really like to be in the same rooms with each other. We have these gorgeous original arched wood windows in the front of the house that they open up. And I swear to you, even if it's on a busy corner, you don't even notice because the charm is just there. I mean, so listen to all that sort of stuff. Think about how you can use that information to relay it as you're getting ready to market this house. Okay. And they're going to say, well, we do have three bedrooms. We have one on the main floor, two in the basement. One of them in the basement is non-conforming. It just doesn't have an egress window, but I think it'd be easy enough to do we have two bedrooms. We have 967 square feet on the main floor and this exact same square footage in the basement. <clears throat> we live on a standard 6250 lot in Denver. Um, and I think we're zoned for ADU, but I'm not quite sure. Writing this down, writing this down, writing this down. Information to look up to make sure that you can confirm or deny when you come to your listing interview. <clears throat> okay. How long, have you, uh, how long have you owned your home? 
Maybe they've only owned it for a year. That's going to give you information. And, and, and again, this is not the time to say yes, no, maybe so. You're just gathering information because you're going to bring more information when you meet in person with the listing consultation. So how long have you owned your home? Oh, we've only owned it for about a year and a half, but I think it's about time to move on and find something bigger and better. You know, interest rates are so low. We can just get what we want. We can afford more what we want. Okay, well, are there, are there, that's, you know, notes to bring to them at the meeting. Are there going to be tax implications? Is that a good move? Find, you know, remind them to talk to a um, financial advisor about what that looks like financially with closing costs that close together, etc. cetera. Um, <clears throat> when you first bought your house, what sold you on your home when you bought it? What features did you like? We love the original windows. Again, Help them sell the house so that when you come to sell the house, you have these items um, ready to present for marketing. And also, when it comes time for comping, you don't know what kind of features are in the house because maybe they don't know that there's this upgraded space here or upgraded space there. So allow them to love their home a little bit to you so that you know what to use in order to value their home when it comes time. Have you done any updating to the home since you bought it? Yeah, actually, you know, the, the kitchen was in good condition, but we ripped out all the counters and we just replaced it with new upgraded great quartz and we brightened up all the cabinet faces. That's a big selling point. So really important to know, how am I going to use that when I come to comps and other pictures of sold homes in the neighborhood? If you were to stay in your home for another five years, is there anything that you would do to it? Oh, we would totally upgrade and make that three season porch in the back into a four season because we find ourselves sitting out there all the time but we really wish we could be in there from january to march it's just a little bit too cold great feature card item putting as a little note something to bring to my listing consultation little feature cards that you make and you say space would be great converted into a four season porch um for year-round enjoyment okay you're making you're allowing some um proving your value and making some connections for while you price the house and get ready to market it. For a moment, pretend you're a buyer looking at your home through buyer's eyes. Remember how we talked about buyer's eyes pricing. On a scale of one to 10, what would you rate its condition? You'd be surprised how many people are extremely honest. Like I've had, I just had a listing, they said, um, probably a six and a half. And I'll say, okay, well, what would it take for it to be a 10? Definitely new carpet in the basement. If I'm a buyer looking at it, I would see the value in that and a fresh coat of paint in this living room because this is fine. It's not that bright. Okay. <clears throat> and so what that does is allow you to say, well, you could price it here or you could price it here at the um, six out of 10 or at the eight out of 10. And, you know, are you willing? And again, they make their decisions. Do you want to just do nothing and price it at a six out of 10 value? Do you want to make some changes and price it at a seven or an eight out of 10 value? What are you thinking you are going to be asking for the property? Again, this isn't set in stone, but it's really good to get an idea of what, they, what their source of maybe confusion is or where their emotions lie. Sometimes they're very unrealistic. Sometimes they're extremely unrealistic. Sometimes they just say, we have no idea. That's what you're here for. Write that down. <clears throat> do you own your pop property free and clear or do you have a loan? Have you had a recent appraisal? Have you recently re refinanced? Do you know the proximate loan balance? It's gonna be very important to bring them a seller's net sheet. The most important things are paying a realtor too much 
and how much money their home is going to sell for. What they really want to know is how much money am I going to make on this sale? Maybe I need X amount of dollars to put a down payment on my next house. So having all of this information is really helpful when meeting at their listing consultation so that you can provide them with a general idea of what their net proceeds would be and other costs associated. I love recent appraisals. If you're, I just um, had a really hard house um, on a hard corner to comp with appraisals because it was unique and special, but this, it, the location of it made it a little bit challenging. Luckily, they had a recent appraisal in the last three years, and I was able to really dig in deep to find, and you can go back and you can look at those MLS numbers and compare every house that was originally used in an appraisal, especially with a refi. A lot of people are refining right now, so there's a good chance they've had a recent appraisal. See what houses they were using for comps and how that um, equated to their valuation. What words did they use to describe the home? How you can use that to describe the home in the future when you're working on an appraisal package. So all of these things, gathering information, gathering information. <clears throat> what, oh, this one is so important. So you've done a lot of like home stuff and gathering and knowledge um, based on the actual, you know, product that you're gonna be selling. What three things are you looking for in a realtor? I bet you half the people that have, got, that have had a listing presentation or consultation have never been asked this question. And they just wanna, cause realtors show up and they say, well, here's all the things I can do. Here is the wonder and awe of who I am and what I can do for you. But again, treat others how they want to be treated. What are you looking for in a realtor? Well, honestly, we're just looking for really honest feedback about stuff. We wanna know if we're off base. We really don't know about this process in general. So if you could keep us a couple steps ahead, we don't do well with surprises. And honestly, just give us your best opinion. We, we trust what you have to say. So just let us know what's gonna happen, but let us, you know, give us some guidance on kind of how to make some of these decisions. Great. So maybe you would have naturally acted a certain way because it's your personality profile, but they don't want that. They want to be treated how they want to be treated. So make sure that you're taking this into consideration in every interaction with them. Uh, this one is tricky. And I got to be honest, I don't always have the kahunas to do it. I've done it before and it's worked in my favor. Um, but I think there's a way, this is where I talk about when you marry a couple of things. Are you interviewing any other brokers for this job? When are they being interviewed? And I have, when, you know, when you're having on the phone, and this is going to help you when you want to get your face-to-face -face interview. So they'll say, yeah, I'm, I'm interviewing um, Alex Reed at Weston, Maine, and I think we have it set up where she's going to come over Friday morning at 10 a.m. But other than that, I think, you know, it's just the two of you. Oh, that sounds great. Well, if it works out okay with you, <clears throat> I would, um, we'll get to that, but you write that down. Sounds good. Cause you're going to, you're going to use that information later on. Um, <clears throat> you are going to ask them if they ever sold a property before. This is important because again, managing expectations, maybe it's been something that they're versed in. They have a way, they have a process that works well for them. Maybe they haven't even seen what a home selling process process is besides, um, love it or listed on HGTV where somebody goes around and like, picks out pretty fancy homes and design plans for you. So providing sources of clarity. <clears throat> Is there anything else that I should know about your home? 
the big thing in ninja is saying like, okay. And they'll say, well, you know, there's this really weird wonky step in the back. And I don't know if it's something that we should take a closer look at, or if it's something that we would just leave and it's not really going to be that big a deal. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about that. Is there anything else? Yeah. Um, I, you know, we just replaced it all the hardware in the bathroom and I think it's really cool and unique and special. I don't know if it's worth anything to be bringing up. Um, but I just thought maybe you'd be interested to, to know. Yeah, great. I'll take a closer look. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Ask them anything else. You'll be surprised at how many uh, anything else's people have and people things that they want to say about their home. Um, explain what's going to happen next. <clears throat> you might need to do another phone call. Typically, I, I, I like to think that this pre-listing phone call is a good precursor then to creating a listing consultation in person. And then you're going to send them a listing packet. <clears throat> so you found out that Alex has an interview on Friday at 10 a.m. And that's when you say, well, I'd love to be able to meet with you in person, given all, you know, you've shared with me a lot of information on your home. I really appreciate you taking the time. I'd love to be able to get my boots on the ground and actually see this beautiful home in my, in person and give you some information that might help you make a decision on how to best sell your house. I have availability on Thursday at 2.30, or if after work is better for you, I can do 5.30 or 6, if that's fine. So what you've did, done is rather than saying, when works best for you, you've given them 24 hours, seven days a week to make a decision on what time works best for them. Narrow it down. Here's two different time slots before you're meeting with the other agent. It's your job to provide and you'll you'll learn why when you go into the listing consultation is to get your you know much like you see something first and if it works for you you're going to go with it if it provides it hits all of your marks reaches all your goals provides enough value that's the right move for you so <clears throat> being the first person in providing the most amount of value is going to be a really strong way to position yourself um, that's going to be more likely to obtain this listing and then you're going to say, and in the meantime, let's say this is Monday afternoon. <clears throat> yeah, you know, they say six o'clock on Thursday should be fine. Um, my husband will be home from work at that point. Why don't you come on over? That sounds great. What I'm going to do between now and then is have um, a listing packet either dropped off to you by a courier or I'm going to just drop it in the mail for you. It's just going to provide some information that will be helpful to start marinating and looking over so that you're not, it's not such an overwhelming amount of information when we meet in person on Thursday. Will that be all right? Let's say, sure, no problem. Sounds great. I'll see you Thursday at 6 p.m. Any other questions in the meantime, please don't hesitate to reach out. So you have all this information and now it's your time to get to work. I think that's the last page of it. Okay, so we have our listing consultation. Now, We have the listing packet. What, um, I'm curious, you know, I don't know if any of you, have any of you guys ever made a listing packet before? We have all the resources you need, Maddie, or will you hand me that? Oh, thank you. Um, you have all the resources that you need at Weston, Maine to provide the most beautiful and wonderful. What's that? Okay. Um, to provide the most beautiful, comprehensive, and um, informational listing package. Here, if you don't know what to put in your listing packet, uh, in Brokerment, we have, 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm if this can zoom in or not. I don't think it can. But in the seller process, in the first section there, and it says initial meeting, prepare folder. In this folder, this is what you can drop off in advance. Because I don't know about you, but <clears throat> I think it's really nice to go into something having a little bit of information on like what it is that I'm talking about or what it is that they might be talking about. Um, maybe you never even look at it, but it really just elevates your service and looks like a, you look like a true professional dropping this off. And pro tip, once you've made this package, you can get free mailing envelopes from USPS, like the flat rate mailing envelopes. You can print a mailing label at home. It costs $7.75. And it mails within two days if you drop it off. You can you, do, you can do everything online, print it, tape it onto the um, envelope. But you say, but Allie, why would I spend $7.75 to mail something that I'm going to go see them in three days? Because there's a potential they're going to pay you $30,000 to sell their house. I think you can afford $7 to pro provide top-notch service. And to remember, your next deal lies in the presentation and handling of this current deal. So what you put into your folder is... Um, you're gonna complete that pre-listing interview. You're not gonna put that in the folder, um, but you're gonna have that with you. You're gonna put in the Weston Maine Magazine. We just got new ones here at the Denver office. Oklahoma's are coming next week. But in this, in this magazine, and you know what I do <clears throat> when I make my folder? I'll show you. So I'll take like a Weston Maine sticker and since this is a listing folder, I'll open it up to the page that says the home selling process. And I stick a cute sticker and I stick it out like a little bookmark. So they're naturally going to open it right up to that page. So I'm going to put this in the folder. I'm also putting one of my stickers on the inside of this magazine because chances are this is going to maybe sit on their coffee table for a little while people are going to see it people are going to want to pick it up because it's so pretty open it up they see your name all the magic um you're going to put in um <clears throat> the most recent market report that weston main prints off again all these items are in the seller process drop down item in the broker mint library um you're going to put in the most recent report Make sure it's a two-sided PDF with all of the outlined information on the backside. You are going to put in a marketing preview insert. So in the there's the four-page, um, it's like a two-fold booklet piece, and it just shows what a, what kind of high-level marketing imagery, outlines, posters, printouts, postcards, everything that we do. It really shows that elevated service. Um, you're going to put in the seller checklist. Again, it's an item in the brokerment file. You are going to put a sample of um, actual marketing. So it doesn't have to be your listing. Pop it out. Um, put in a listing flyer. Show some feature cards. Put some. Put the COVID marketing information in there. That's a new one that I would... This is obviously made before COVID time, but Put in the COVID marketing. I think that that set my listing presentations apart twofold because A, it was a plan and B, it was very clear and C, it was really pretty. Um, and then you're also going to put in a little CMA. So you can send over some comparables without necessarily locking down and saying this is what the price is, but show send over 
three to five sold homes in their neighborhood that are similar to theirs. So it's going to start giving them an idea of how to manage their expectations rather than being blindsided right when you meet them. So you're going to put all of this into a folder. You are going to, um, what else are you going to put in? And honestly, look in your seller, look in the seller folder in Brokerment. There's other things that are in there. I like to put in, um, now that Western Maine has made like that cute seller process flow chart. I think it's also, it's a great marrying thing with the, with the Western Maine magazine. Um, putting in, if you have a brochure or like a little resume, maybe put that in, no question. And one thing that might not be in here is a handwritten note. So I would say it is great to send over this listing packet in and of itself. But if you send over a handwritten note that just says, hey, um, I hope you find this information valuable. I'm really looking forward to seeing you Thursday at 6 p.m. This is either dropped off using a courier, which maybe it costs 20 bucks, but again, you get paid a lot of money to sell a house. There's no reason why you can't put a little bit of money into really beautiful marketing. And your marketing starts with your pre-listing packet. Um, I swear by sending a pre-listing packet, um, I think that it is, I've talked to many sellers and say I've never received that before. And it was also extremely valuable. <clears throat> and they use that folder throughout the whole listing process. You'll see it. They'll like be putting their paperwork in there. It like the folder comes out twofold and your information is right there on the inside with the sticker in case they need, you know, need to get a hold of you or somebody else needs to get a hold of you. So that's what's going in your pre-listing folder. There's other things. Maybe you have a um, look in the seller resource folder in Brokerment. Um, maybe there's something else. Market stats from Megan Aller. I'm sorry, Oklahoma. I don't know what your equivalent is there, but I use the market stats um, from our gal um, really well. And it just talks about on the OKMLS OK website, you guys have great market stats just to talk about um, price band selling, um, what different times of year do to selling price adjustments, um, what the typical um, buyer, you know, uh, inventory ranges look like in different selling prices. So just little bits of market stats that again, it's just information for them so they can make really sound decisions later on. <clears throat> um, yeah. And don't forget to put in feature cards. I know Alex brought some feature cards to a recent listing that she has under contract now. And it was the client, the seller's absolute favorite piece was just knowing that we take a little extra mile to um, bring over some feature cards and, and highlight places of their home that are very um, important to highlight or special worth noting, something that you may not notice to the naked eye. So you've delivered your listing packet. <clears throat> they, um, Feature cards are, of course I don't have it, maybe. Oh, I have one right here. Okay, so I laminate these. Uh, again, this is you'll find out this information either in your pre-listing interview or on, um, it's, it's the beach, that's really funny. Um, they, you'll find it out information on your pre-listing interview or during your listing consultation walkthrough, okay? To the naked eye, you might not know when this sump pump was installed, but they know, they can tell me like, oh, this sump pump was just installed in 2019. So when I'm submitting my marketing request, I or my listing request, I am slacking a list of items that I want noted on a feature card. 
the wonderful marketing team puts them all out on individual cards like this. I laminate them. And then this is stuck right to the wall outside of the little cabinet that the sump pump was hidden behind. So as a buyer walking through, they wouldn't think to look at the sump pump, but all of a sudden, oh, there's a sump pump and it was installed in 2019. You instantly just elevated your home. So um, we have, you know, a plethora of items that you can use to put in your house. Again, I laminate all these things. This stuff comes with me to listings every single time. I don't put this, um, I might put like a, a, a sample, one of these not laminated, but I bring these with me to listing consultations. Um, again, proving your value and just really highlighting some of the aspects and parts of the home. Okay, so now you are going to, you already scheduled. Um, the next step is to schedule and get ready to perform this property walkthrough. So you, in preparation for this, looked up homes in the area of comps and homes that you think are similar based on the information that you've talked about. And you um, have the listing timeline printed out so you can provide some clarity during your walkthrough. And you are also bringing a whole other listing presentation folder with you. Why? Because maybe they have a two-year-old whose new favorite thing is to take anything that comes in the mail and hide them. You never know, but you don't want, the last thing you want is just to assume and put the pressure on them to have everything prepared and outlined when maybe they left it, they brought it to the office, they looked at it there and they didn't bring it home for this meeting because they just got too flustered. Well, that's no problem. You want to become, you want to be over-prepared. So having another listing folder prepared for them just in case is always um, a good thing. And then you're going to have, you know, your specific information in there as well. So then you're going to go and you're going to have your property walkthrough. You're going to actually get your boots on the ground, as I like to say, and see in person all of these wonderful features that they have just described to you about their house. So here's another um, piece of, um, this is the Ninja listing consultation worksheet that I just like made a little prettier. Um, and I think it's helpful to I put that little box in the corner to have the client name, the property address, and when you walked through the house, especially because um, just in case you're there, you know, you might have this on a clipboard, you might have it like on your notebook or something. And if for some reason this becomes a piece of paper, it's just really important. Um, you know, your listing interview might be in your notebook, no problem, but putting these two together, let's see, you have two in one week, it'll be a challenge. So, when you get to the house, notice how it says at the top, it says after the property walkthrough. When you walk in, and I like to always like bring a gift when you when you show up at a house, whether it is um, like cupcakes from a local bakery, it might be, um, maybe you already know that they like already, they said you're talking to them and like, yeah, well, we love going to breweries or something like that. Maybe it's like a cute little four pack or a six pack from a local brewery, something like that, but just show up bearing or a little succulent plant's always really good and get them for five bucks at Whole Foods. Um, just bring something that instantly builds warmth and rapport, okay? They're gonna take you around your house. Hey, if you wouldn't mind, you're gonna introduce it. Thanks so much for having me over. I'm really looking forward to seeing your house. Here's what I was thinking. If you wouldn't mind, would you mind taking me on a tour around your house? Uh, I might ask you a few questions, but please don't hesitate to point anything out. Um, and I'm just going to take notes as we go along. Is that okay? After we're done, 
let's sit down and I have just a few more questions that I want to chit chat with you about. And then we can kind of make a game plan. Does that sound okay with you? Sure. Sounds good. People love to show you their house. So <clears throat> they're going to walk around the house and you either this page, I mean, this is a couple of pages, but on the back of this little package, you're just going to start writing notes, living room, bigger than, bigger than expected, really great natural light fireplace working question mark. They're not sure. So you're, you're just writing notes, kitchen, <clears throat> lots of items on counter. Remember that like just little things like that. So that when you get done with this conversation, when you get done with this meeting, you can put all this stuff in your um, notes file in the folder for this client. And it's going to help you because maybe you're not listing this house for three months. You don't want to forget about these little details when it comes time to pull it all together. So you've walked through the house, you've taken all your notes. Now you're going to sit down, sit down at a coffee table. You want to sit at the dining table, give them a couple of options, but just be comfortable where they're feeling comfortable. Treat them how they want to be treated. Um, so you're going to ask them again, you did talk earlier in the week. How many homes have you sold? You mentioned you've sold one house before. Is that true? When was the last time that happened? Five years ago. How'd that go for you? It was, it was okay. Um, you know, the house sold, but I, you know, I don't know if we should have done everything that they asked in an inspection. I don't feel like we really knew what was going on, but it just seemed like the easiest way to get it done. My realtor just said to do it. So we just kind of did it. But in hindsight, I'm not sure if that was the right move. Oh, okay. Anything else? And you know, that anything else moves. So you're writing all this information down again. So you're going ding, ding, ding. Okay, so they had a little bit of moment of frustration last time. They felt a little unclear. Make sure you're very detailed with every step of the way. One step before. Oh, interesting. They mentioned that in the pre-listing interview. I guess they were being honest. Tell me about the experiences with your realtor. What did you like about that process? And what would you change? That's information that they're going to tell to you. And literally guiding you how to treat them. They want to be treated how they want to be treated. This is probably the... Um, my favorite line. And I, I never forget to say it. And I say, if you could wave a magic wand and have this sale just the way you want it, what would that look like? And they'll tell you, they'll tell you exactly what they want it to look like start to finish. And then all of a sudden your work has just been cut out for you. You're going to figure out how to make sure that they can get all their showings done in one weekend and get the most amount for their dollar and know that they're going to be a little flexible with inspection because maybe they haven't been the best at caretaking for their home. So they're reasonable there, but what they're doing is giving you their perfect outline. It gives you an opportunity to manage their expectations. Also try to manage your expectations at the same time. So review. So these are your reasons for selling. Again, repeat back to them. So you need to, um, you're selling this home because you are getting relocated and you're thinking you need to be in your new place in about 90 days. So we got to make sure that this home is sold hopefully in 60 days because you need those prop those proceeds in order to buy your new house at your new location. Is that correct? Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. And we think we're just done with this house or whatever else they want to tell you, but review with them. Um, review, where are you going? Do you need to sell this house to get there? Do you have other homes to sell as well? If they're moving out of state, maybe they, maybe they have a whole slew of rental properties that they also need to sell. They didn't realize that they could talk about in this conversation. Well, you just opened up that door. So be prepared. They might say, nope, this is our only one. They say, oh yeah, we have an investment property, but our property manager is going to deal with that. Okay. Sounds good. Well, if you want any other, if you want a second set of eyes on that or a second opinion, please let me know. And again, you're writing it down. What's the address there? You're writing it down. 
and then you're just going to send them a little CMA anyways. Maybe they said they're, they're going to work with somebody else, but there's nothing saying that you can't send them a little piece of um, valuation. So this is where in the line is the listing timetable. And I think that this becomes really helpful um, is when dealing with the calendar. So you've gathered, you've reviewed why they're selling. You have the information on their house. Um, so what's your move-in date on your new house? And what would you ideally like the under contract date of this house to be? When would you like the closing date to be? And when would you like the first day on the market? And again, sometimes they open this by say, open this up by saying, if you could wave a magic wand and this all went perfectly, how, when would you see, because you have to kind of work it backwards, when do you see yourself closing on your new house? So then, and sometimes they and they don't and sometimes they don't know what the timelines look like. And you would say, okay, so closing on this house would probably happen really simultaneously with that. So we'd probably want this house under contract no less than 30 days before that, 30 to 45 days, you know, if we're going butt to butt to butt with these timelines. And therefore, we'd probably want this on the market at this time in order to meet those deadlines. Does that sound about right to you? And they'll say, yeah, that sounds good. And sometimes I write, is there a, if there's like, like that's the Goldilocks spot. But if there's one that's too hot or too cold, you know, we can discuss those items later as well. Um, again, we talked about, do you have any houses to sell? Would you like any help with that? Now you're gonna qualify the house. Um, <clears throat> and you know, I write there, it applies only if deficiencies are gonna affect the value of the house. And deficiencies could be like paint chip, chipped paint everywhere. Um, do you want to price your, price your house as is or with an updated coat of paint everywhere? As is meaning they're not gonna make any repairs or adjustments or modifications. And they might say, no, I mean, if it's not too hard to do, I guess we would consider throwing out a whole new coat of paint in the house. If you really think it's going to get us more money, well, I can't promise that it's going to get more money, but I definitely think it's going to get you more showings. And we all know that the more showings that you have possible, the more opportunities that you have for a contract to be written, the more contract opportunities you have, the likelihood is that you're going to get one off an offer, if not maybe two. So you're not making promises, but you're giving them choices and you're giving them the consequences of those choices as well. Um, and then you can just ask them, did you have a chance to look over that package that I sent you at all? And you might put in a listing contract in there for them to review. You might put in, um, you know, that some, that, that's personal preference on how you build your listing packet. I like to put in a listing present. I like to put in a listing um, contract. It's not signed or anything like that, but it's, just to give them something to review because it's a really long legal document that you're gonna have to review with them anyway. So give them a moment. Um, was there any questions that came up as you were going through that that listing package or anything you wanted to talk about? Yeah, you know, I looked at that like list map you guys made and I was just wondering how often, like how, how much do you guys see people asking for in inspections? Well, you know, you know, and that's your opportunity. You're going to write down inspection questions. So that's going to give you a little marker to say, okay, when it comes time to inspection, you're probably going to need another review of all this. And that's when you tell them the honest truth. Well, it really depends on the house. And we talked about whether or not you're going to price your house as is or making some of these modifications. So, you know, as we were walking through your house, you made a note that you, your furnace is like 15 years old at this point. So, um, we definitely see these major items, major system items are things that people focus most on in inspections. 
And then after that, they're focusing on the more cosmetic and small detail items. So, you know, with a furnace that's 15 years old, yeah, we might see things like that come up in inspection, but there's really easy ways to deal with that, whether it is a full-on replacement or home warranty, but we can definitely cross that bridge when we get there. Okay, sounds good. So you've just lessened their anxiety just a little bit, but remembering it's probably gonna come up later. So um, you have, based on the information in the package, do you feel that I'm qualified to market your home? Would you like me to handle this sale for you? So uh, Alex, I'm gonna put you on blast here a little bit. Alex went to a listing appointment about a month ago at this point maybe, and we talked right before. And I said, and, and we had the marketing, the marketing plan in there as well. Um, and which I just realized I don't have that in your collateral right now. So I will send over the, um, I'll have Greg email out the um, 20, like the, all the marketing stuff, like staging photos, all the stuff that Ninja outlines is part of a marketing collateral. But I said, Alex, don't be afraid to ask for the sale. Is there any reason why um, you feel that I am not qualified to assist in the sale of your home? And her, the seller looked at her and he just said, no, I don't think so. So if you're the first person having that interview at 6 p.m. on Thursday night and the next one's at 10 a.m., you've just done yourself a service by saying, I've provided you all of the information that you need right now in order to sell your house. Is there any reason why I shouldn't? And maybe they say, well, yeah, because you're going to charge me 6% and that other agent's only going to charge me 5%. I can understand that that's a definite point of contention and um, you know, you want to get the most money possible for the sale of your home. Have you seen what their marketing outline and what they promise to do in order to get you the most amount of money for your home? Well, you know, they're going to put a sign out and, you know, they're going to put in the MLS and they said they're going to send out some emails. Do you know what their reach is or anything like that or what their timelines are? What happens if the home doesn't get a contract after the first seven days? Have you seen what that marketing plan looks like? Well, no, not yet. Okay. Um, well, if that's where you want to go, please, you know, you have to make the decision that's best for you. I've outlined exactly what I'm going to do in order to get you to where you need to be on time. And sometimes they say, okay, well, I just want to think about it. That sounds good. How about I give you a call tomorrow morning just to see, um, I, I, I respect that. I like to think about things overnight as well. I'll give you a call tomorrow morning to see where you're thinking what, if there's any other questions that have come up in the meantime, is there anything else? Is there anything else? And again, you have a lot of opportunity to ask them if there's any other things that might be stirring about in their mind. Um, after all that, um, I will make sure to cover all these questions before we're done here today. So I would almost rather say that I'm done here today and say, I, I'm going to make a point to cover all these questions. And I'll say, uh, by the time we have our conversation tomorrow night. So maybe they do have a couple of lingering questions and that's going to give you overnight to really find those answers. Maybe you don't have them right now. So you can have that conversation the next day and provide your value and give them, show them why you are the most qualified for them, the most qualified person to sell their house for the most amount of money and the biggest ease possible. So um, this is one of the, this is a, this takes a lot of practice. And I mean this like with no jokes aside, sitting in a mirror and saying things like this. You know, one of the, one of three things are gonna happen here. After I've answered all of your questions, you may decide to hire me. You may decide that I'm the right fit for you, but you may choose 
not to, oh, you may choose that I'm not the right fit for you and you may choose not to hire me. Or if I feel that I can't help you achieve your objectives, I have the responsibility to tell you that I have the responsibility to tell you that and to take your, and not take your listing. It would not be right for me to take your listing knowing deep down inside that I can't help you. You know, maybe they say they want to sell their house for a hundred thousand dollars more than any other comp is going to tell them to sell. That's your, you know, you, there's a power in saying no. And typically when you say those kind of things, you also have an obligation to, you know, you're hiring them at the same time that they're hiring you and they might really want you to sell their house, but they're going to be completely unreasonable. Well, that's your job to say, I really want to be able to help you, but I won't be able to meet your objectives. Nine times out of 10, they'll say, well, I'll, I'll adjust my obje objectives in order for you to help me. So, so, so shall we proceed from here? So you've qualified the house and you're going to proceed from here to see um, if this is something that you're going to move forward with. So this is where you have an opportunity to present and go over the comps. So you've comped the house. You have three to five, depending on what the area is, that are really good that are going to say, here's this house. And be sure to print out the gallery view so that you have all the photos to compare it to as well. Um, so my mission is to get you to Toledo, Ohio on time. Do you want to see your odds? Now, you're going to use like the marketing um, data that we talked about from the MLS or from like our market stats that we get from Megan Aller every month um, outlining what it looks like with days on market, the sale to close price ratio, etc. Are you willing to sell your house at fair market value? Meaning, are you willing to sell it at a price that people are willing to pay? Um, for fair, fair market value is determined by what buyers are willing to pay given their choices and what sellers are willing to sell for given their choices and their competition. This is where it's a really big source of clarity for people. You might have a house in March, at least here in Denver, that is going to go on the market for $400,000. And people are willing to pay $400,000 in March for it because there's only five total homes to choose and there's 50 people that all want to buy houses. So, yep, you will pay $400,000 for that house. In July, there might be 25 houses and only 40 buyers, but the same house is only is priced again at $400,000. Now, it could still be fair market value, but a buyer has more choices and therefore they don't necessarily think that paying $400,000 for it in July when they have a plethora of choices is reasonable. So they're only going to offer $385 for it. So that's what we mean by fair market value. And a lot of times sellers need a lot of educating and expectation managing around that piece because they don't know, they think my house is worth this no matter what. Well, there's a lot of other factors that go into it, meaning number of buyers on the market and number of other listings that are also on the market. And it might be different one month to the next month, depending on how many houses listed on that same exact weekend. So it's our job to manage those expectations. Buyers compare properties based on the location, their price, their style and size, and their condition, features, and amenities. Based on the current market conditions, where do you feel like you should price your home to get to Toledo, Ohio on time? And they'll say, well, I mean, we think our house is probably, we've, we've been saying like 425 is our number that we have to hit. Okay. Do you think that that price will get you there on time? And if not, what's your plan B? Well, I mean, do you think it's going to get us there on time? Well, 
based on the market analysis that we have provided for you, I think your house sells, it's going to sell in a range. And I think, especially, you know, sidebar, if you're having this conversation a month and a half before you're going to actually go live on the MLS, that's why we provide a range because there's a lot that can happen in a month and a half and houses that post sold to see what they sell for. And, you know, I always tell them, well, it's going to, I truly believe that your house is going to sell in a range from this to this. However, we're not really going to be able to pin it down and create an extremely accurate pricing until about seven to 10 days prior to going active on the market. We really want to take the most recent accurate market sales in order to price your home in order to get you to Toledo, Ohio on time. So do I think that you can sell your house for 425? I think there's a possibility. I think that we have a really good shot at selling your house at 415,000. And who knows, maybe we're going to find that three people all want to buy your house and you might get to that 425 mark. But what we don't want to do is price your house at 425,000 and have no bites on it. And then we have to make a price adjustment two weeks later. Um, you, if we get to 25 days before you close on your house and your house doesn't sell, what will you do? Is that when typically people make price adjustments? Well, most often than not when people aren't making, if people are seeing houses, but they're not making offers, the chances are the price is not matching what they're willing to pay. So that's when we really suggest making a marginal price price adjustment in order to reinvigorate buyers back into the house. Okay, that sounds good. Great, I'll write that in the contract. Now, if we get a contract for your house right on right at asking price today, what will you do? Well, do you think that we're going to get more offers? Well, if we have lots of showings scheduled, there's a likelihood we'll get more offers. Okay, well, I'd like to honor all the showings that are going to happen and, you know, make sure that we can still accept this offer by the end of the weekend, like accept that offer by the end of the weekend. But um, I definitely don't want to leave any money on the table. Okay, we'll be sure to make sure that we'll be sure to make sure. It's a little redundant. We'll be sure that showings happen throughout the weekend in order to get you the most amount of exposure and potentially the most amount of offers at the same time. Okay, that sounds good. If we find a buyer for your home in the next 72 hours, let's say this is, you know, pre-market, uh, right when you're going on the market, in the next 72 hours, are you going to be okay with that? What if it's the per first person that looks at your house? What if the first person that walks in your house provides you an offer at $417,000? Are you going to be okay with that? Well, I mean, it is over asking. And, you know, we don't really care to deal with the hassle of showings. And I know we said we'd like to honor all the showings throughout the whole weekend, but I mean, we just like the path. And so I think we'd definitely be okay with that. Okay, that sounds good. Are there any other important notes to consider before leaving today? No, I think that, you know, you really covered it a lot based on this pricing, these comps. That's what we weren't really sure about what to do. Like when we actually hit the market and we went live, we weren't quite sure how we wanted to handle all that. And it feels a lot more clear now. So this is when you say, great. So I'm gonna call you tomorrow morning. Remember they still have that interview at 10 a.m. I'm gonna call you tomorrow morning and I'm gonna go over some of these questions that we've just, that you had today. I just wanna make sure that I um, bring them back and give you the most amount of clarity possible. You might've had some other questions come up overnight. 
And at that point, hopefully we'll be able to make a game plan and figure out when we're going to move forward and what we need to do in order to get your house sold. That sounds great. Thanks so much for your time. So I know that was like a lot of talking at you and going through um, some of these... Uh, some of these factors, but remember they're selling their biggest asset that they have and it's, it deserves the time and energy that you're putting into it in order for them to feel clear. And also you want it to be marketed and you want your side of it to be as clear and full picture as possible. Um, here's just some conversations that typically, you, you know, that might come up. This is one of my favorites right here is as objections, if you will, from sellers. So if they ask you, well, we need $500,000 because we really need this down payment in order to buy this next house because it's our dream house. They say, okay, well, let me ask you this. So when you purchased this new home, your new home, this one, did you decide to pay that price based on your knowledge of the market and what your choices were? Would you have paid above market price for that home if the seller just needed more in order to buy their next house? And they'll be like, oh, I mean, probably not if I knew that information. Or pro I probably wouldn't pay more just because they needed more of a down payment. Okay. So I think we should, it's really important that we take that into consideration when coming up with the price for this house. If they say, well, what do you think? Well, what do you think the price should be? Well, we always look at the, mar the market for answers. The market will speak to us. And we definitely need to listen. And this is very true. Based on the information that we have just gone over, the current market appears to be telling us that your home will probably sell somewhere in this range from this to this. Will that work for you? Yeah. And remember, we're going to really nail it down about seven days before we hit the market because we want to take in the most current and accurate information to provide the pricing. Okay, that sounds good. Are you willing to list your home at fair market value? If yes, would you like me to handle it for you? If yes, but, and then say, and then backtrack. Okay, well, is there anything else? Is there anything else? As a buyer, how would you select the homes you want to look at? You know, we find most buyers select homes to look at based on their style and size, their location, and their price range. Let's pretend to be a buyer and look at the market for your home through buyer's eyes. List homes for sale in order of price in order of price and then showing where their home is in line with them and taking to come in their competition. So if you show like the other current active homes that are on the market based on the price and where they think that they're going to price their house, you know, maybe they're going to adjust themselves to be right in the middle of a pack so that they get the most amount of traffic and the most amount of views possible. So these are just some potential hurdles that might come up. And there's a plethora of other conversations and objections that are going to come up from sellers. People will want you to cut your time. And one thing, um, and they'll say, well, my friends, they do it for 5% um, because, or he just said that he would do it for 5%. Okay, that sounds great. You know, I think that, that um, everybody has a choice and how they want to choose to market. I'm curious if there's things that he's leaving out of marketing for that 5% or if he's going to also be really quick to get you a deal on the sale of your house on how quickly he was able to get a deal on the sale of his commission. So those are just some factors that I would think about. Um, and I'd encourage you to explore a little bit more. Maybe it's worth asking him a couple of other questions. So it's not bad to push back on them and challenge their 
thought processes on things. Everyone wants a deal. Everyone never wants to pay full price for anything. And you have an opportunity to market yourself for the highest amount of value possible. And by doing all of these items, taking all of this time, you are going to um, provide the highest amount of value. Use this. This will be, um, I use this like a Bible. Like I get a new full, a new buyer or a new seller. Uh, this thing is printed off immediately. I put it on the front of their folder along and then it then goes in the listing interview. Then I fill out the concierge form. Like this is really helpful step-by-step -step. presentation. And then your follow-up after you've had your meeting with them in person, you're sending them a follow-up letter, uh, a follow-up note saying, thanks so much for your time. I'm really looking forward to helping you. I send them a little treat. I sent them um, cookies of comfort, like a little 12 dozen cookies just to say, you know, it was a treat to meet you. I'm really good at being corny like that. Um, and then you, you know, email over all the contracts, give them all these next steps. This seller process handout is your Bible, literally step by step. Um, that's a lot. And I've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes. Are there uh, in, any questions that have come up? And I'm sure there's a million, right? And every and the thing is, is your listing consultation takes a while to feel comfortable with. And it is not a bad thing to practice with somebody. Call up one of your colleagues. Call up one of you. Like Zoom a listing consultation with someone. Call a family member and do a pre-listing interview with them, pretending like they're going to sell their house. The last person you want to practice your dialogues and your conversations with are your clients. Practice on people that already know, like, and trust you so that you feel confident, confident and fluid when you're having these conversations with your clients. Um, oh, I'm so glad that, Lindsay, that this is um, feeling, to help you get a little less stuck. And you know what? Practice it. Have these conversations with people. Your homework this next week is, and it's not my slide, it's in your student packet, is to continue doing your Ninja 9. I know it feels like a lot, but you know what? It's a lot to run your business. And if you, you guys can all do it, but you have to do the work. You don't just get to like get a real estate license and hope that like all the magic happens. And before you know it, you're Frederick Eklund in New York City. No, I'm sure they were all doing the work at the same time. So you're doing your Ninja 9. I want you to make two ready-to-go listing packets. They never go out of style. All you're going to do is add market. I mean, I would hold off on putting in a market report unless you have one that's coming up in this next month. But maybe put like a little post-it note on the outside, like last-minute ads, current market conditions, meaning market printouts and market report. But you're making two listing packets and there was something else I put in your homework. Only I could remember it. Um, that third thing that's on the list of your student page. Let's see if I can remember. <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah. Practice your listing with a little... Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Practice, like I just said. Plan a Zoom date. Plan a listing interview call with a family member. I want you to have a listing conversation with somebody Bonus if it's a client after the fact. I don't want you to practice on a client. Practice with somebody who you can fumble your words on, who you can try that sentence over again on, who your 
um, success and your reputation isn't on the line with. Practice with somebody, practice both things. Practice the pre-listing interview, practice the listing consultation, practice something, practice with somebody between now and then in addition to making two ready to go listing packets. Because when you're ready, pop that thing in the mail. Or, I mean, I had someone in my neighborhood, I just went over and dropped it off, texted him afterwards, hey, listing presentation, listing folder right on your um, front doorway, let me know if you got it. Okay, so I know it's a lot of work, but you don't have to do it, but you also don't have to like kick butt in real estate either. But I think that doing all these things will help you get there. So um, thank you to all of you who have stayed in tune this whole time. Um, I have this. I don't know if Greg put it out there or not, but I will put it. Copy. Um, this out here. Here is the new form that you can submit all of your homework to. So um, you can, it would probably be best if you just took a whole bunch of pictures, put them on your phone. And you can slack pictures to yourself too, by the way, um, in case you want to like, keep them all in the same space and then like submit them all on Monday. But please submit through that form just so we can make sure that we are all on track for you guys um, and not leaving you behind. Um, let me know if there's any other questions and I can't wait to see your listing processes and your folders in the next week or so. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. I'm, they're all running together and um, go sell some houses. Talk to you later.